Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 129, Inspiring Tomorrow's Pilot with Play Aviation, coming up in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Eric Crump, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I am joined today with Tom Frick. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carl. How are you doing today? <laughs> good, good. Hey, Tom, we, uh, we got some, uh, we have a, a short crew this evening, uh, just because this was uh, on the schedule, and uh, it's a Friday night, and most people are out there with their families. The true aviation geeks are here right now in their homes doing the podcast here on a Friday. So we, we are the dedicated ones. But actually, what uh, it was a scheduling conflict that, that we couldn't work out, but, it's, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun. I got some really cool things to go over in this podcast today, and we have uh, another person that we want to talk about in this podcast, and it's uh, Clay Aviation. We have a really interesting uh, email from them. Let's do the pre-flight. But I just want to do a before we get started, and before we talk about Clay Aviation, I just I want to you know talk a little bit about one of the quotes I got from his website. He's a very inspirational person, and then we'll talk a little bit about our sponsors, etc. But this is a quote from from Clay Aviation, Clay's website. It's uh, there is something magical about a seed planted in our younger years. So many passions are born during this time, and the seed that gets the best water and sun is the one that grows the strongest. In aviation, it's not hard to find people completely addicted. The bug bites hard. Clay Aviation's about growing that passion. And we're going to talk a little bit about that website and go a little bit more into detail there. But before we get started, we have to pay the bill. So uh, our sponsor this evening is Aviation Careers Podcast. Aviation Careers Podcast inspires future aerospace professionals by providing an inside look into aviation and aerospace careers. Aviation Careers Podcast publishes the largest scholarships directory and provides interview preparation and career coaching. To find out more, visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. Episode is also sponsored by expertaviator.com. Expertaviator.com has a new video, Advanced Holding Patterns, with Chris Pazala and myself. And right now, until the end of October, we have a back to school 50% off. Use the coupon code back to school to get that video for 50% off. By the way, the number one, the first video in that series is for free. It's a great review of holding patterns. So if all you do is watch that first video, then, then you'll be on your way to understanding holding patterns better and also review holding patterns. So I really highly recommend that. Also announcements this evening. We have um, 
Let's see, the Polk State Flight Team, by the way, which I am the coach of, trying to raise money for a competition in the regionals uh, in Polk State College is located, the actual aerospace is located in Lakeland, Florida. If you could, do me a favor, go to stuckmikeavcast.com in the right-hand column and click on Polk State College and give whatever you can. Anything will help, a dollar, two dollars, anything will help us. It would be really appreciated. Uh, We're trying to put together a team again this year, and you know we're brand new, but uh, we won so many good uh, so many rewards last year, and uh, it was just awesome the, what the uh, students did. We have a larger turnout this year. We're, we're hoping for a much better. So, again, stuckmikeavcast.com in the right column. Click on Polk State Aviators. Uh, also, one more thing. Uh, if you have information that you want to pass on to us or questions you want to write into to us, uh, contact at stuckmikeavcast.com is the best way to contact us. Or just go to the contact page. We really want to hear from you, uh, Facebook, etc. As a matter of fact, that's what we're doing this episode. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about an email that we received from one of our listeners, really inspirational, and I kind of alluded to it in the in the beginning here. So, Tom, you ready? Let's start talking about this email. Sure. All right, let's go get them. There, uh, this email is from Clay. It says, "Hi, Carl. I love your podcast. Thanks for keeping them coming. I wanted to first thank you for your interview with Senny from Hangar Flights." I have a blog and I'm developing my personal brand, Clay Aviation. You asked Sene if he wrote his own stuff or had contributors, and he mentioned that he would like to have contributors in the future. I immediately emailed him, and the rest is history. Well, maybe not written in stone, but written in hyperlink at least. As I recently contributed a blog to his website, an av-nerdy, quote-unquote, little piece on using flight simulators. And uh, he has a link to that, and we'll have a link in the show notes about that uh, ways to that a flight simulator can make you a better pilot five ways a flight simulator can make you a better pilot he continues i just listened through this last latest podcast awesome you mentioned seeing some of the different uses of drones here and there i have a blog where i recently explored some very cool different uses of uas with links to videos and here's the link. We'll have that in the show notes. It's innovative drone uses plus the new rules explained. And, of course, uh, we do have the, the actual UAS, SUAS explained uh, in this podcast, and uh, it was a really good episode. If you, if you can, go back and review that. We'll have a link uh, to that episode here at the Stuck Mike Avcast episode 129. And then Clay continues, Someday I plan to be on your show. Not like I'm going to barge in and grab a mic. Although that would look cool on a GoPro, <laughs> but I have awesome developments on the horizon and some cool long-term goals as I grow my personal clay aviation brand. I truly think it'll be something you guys will dig. Keep up the good work, guys and gals. Regards, Clay Benefield. Now entering cruise flight. And uh, you know what? I think Tom. You know what? I think. Wait a minute. I hear somebody coming in. Someone's barging in the door right now. Hey, that's Clay. Oh, no, oh, Clay. no my mic. <laughs> oh, my mic. Take that back. It's it's hey, Clay. Hey. <laughs> stop, stop. The, uh, as a matter of fact, he's walked in the door right now, and he's taking over the microphone right now. Welcome to the podcast, Clay. Oh, thanks, Carl. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Glad, <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, it's good. Well, we're, it, it's, I'm glad you showed up today. That's really cool uh, that you know you knew that we were going to be reading your email and you showed up today for the podcast. Some really neat stuff you're doing with, with uh, all, your, all your aviation, all your writing, etc. Uh, but one of the reasons that uh, I really wanted you have to come on here, actually kind of barging in was a great thing, uh, is the fact that you truly are inspiring aviators out there. And you have a really, really cool 
cool story. So before we get started into your website and and what's happened, uh, take us take us a little bit down the uh, a road here as to you know why you're doing this, why you've made this claviation. If you're listening right now, by the way, it's claviation.com. We'll have a link on the on the show notes of the podcast and go check it out. But but why now and and also you know why are you interested in aviation? What got you started? Well, starting out, I you know I got my private pilot certificate back in college, and um, I think what really kind of sparked flight for me was uh, at the time I was working in Atlanta, and uh, I was working actually near PDK Airport, Peachtree DeKalb, which a lot of folks know, um, huge airport in Atlanta. And uh, on my lunch break, I used to drive down to the airport. I don't know what got me driving to the airport, to be honest with you, but I'd sit there and I'd just kind of watch the planes, and there'd be folks out there with their uh, handheld radios and. Um, there was something about that experience when I saw other folks. I, I'm sure, looking back on it, that I was seeing instructors soloing their students and you know things of that nature. Um, but there was something about it that made me think back to my earlier childhood. And we actually had a roommate that lived with us in the in the house we were in, um, a good family friend, and and he had um, a flight simulator, and it was. Uh, um, uh, what was it? Chuck Yeager's flight simulator. I think it was from 1991. <laughs> Very basic. One. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. You know, sky's blue, ground's green. Like that's what you got. <laughs> um, but I remember seeing him play that, and I remember the joystick. And you know, at the time, you know, emerging technology. I mean, I grew up on Nintendo and a little bit of Atari from my brother's years. Um, so to see that joystick, it just kind of fascinated me, and to see the whole thing. So there was something about the time that I spent at PDK that just kind of made me go, you know what? I think I can do this. This this is attainable. Um, this is something I think I can do. So I actually uh, started. I went out to Gwinnett um, LZU. And did uh, and I took my first flying lesson, and was really just hooked on it. So I, uh, you know, I flew when I could, little by little. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't have a lot of funding to go, you know, hit it hard and and knock it out in one go. Um, but as I uh, went to college and continued my kind of college time, I went to the University of Georgia, um, and I was actually I got involved with the flying club of UGA. And um, I met some good guys there, um, one of which was um, a guy that's a good friend of mine named Reed. And he actually, um, we were in the flying club together. At some point, I took over. He was the president. I took over the presidency of the flying club. He's a little older than I am. So once he graduated, he actually went down and and went from private and got all of his ratings all the way up through commercial and CFI. So he kind of went off to flight camp. And coming back, uh, he was working at the local flight school. So he actually got to take me through the rest of my private pilot, um, which was really good. So we got to train together, and um, and he actually meant, really meant a lot. I mean, he was a great instructor, a great testament to how you really need to find an instructor that you click with. Um, so it was kind of great to have you know a friend who was also training you. Um, but after uh, you know after I got my license, I actually started working on my instrument rating. Um, I got through about, I was doing part 141 and I had just gotten through, as you know, there's two stage checks and then, you know, the check ride at the end, I just gotten through my second stage check and entered phase three and, uh, did well with that. And, and then I actually, um, at the time of the, my life I was in, I actually found out that I was, um, having a son. Um, oh and, uh, so with that and, and, you know, as the typical kind of why pilots hang it up, you know, between finances and family, I just decided that the best thing to do was to kind of hang up flying for a while. And I actually remember the last flight that I took was um, was a time where I didn't like my mag check. 
Um, you know, I, I checked my mag, left mag, right mag, and I got a drop, and I just wasn't happy with the drop, and I ended up just shutting the plane down and going back in. Um, you know, I didn't want to take that risk. So that was my last flight. Well, it was seven years um, that passed, and within that time, um, I actually, you know, I was I was raising my son. I actually went through a divorce, um, and um, and then flash forward down the road, I'll, you know, I'll leave out a lot of the details of that. I uh, I meet my now wife Haley, and at the point where we got married, um, I was down in the groom's holding room, and she gave me um, my wedding gift, and I opened it up, and and I had uh, Reed was there, um, you know, my instructor. He's he was one of my groomsmen, and. And and little Reed, who actually named my son after my flight instructor, so oh, we kind of cool. call Big Reed and Little Reed um, for that reason. But um, so the gift that I got, I opened it up, and it was there was a little die cast Cessna 172 in it, um, you know, sit, that sits on a stand, and there were a couple of little little printed tickets. And you know, I guess with all the nerves, I'm about to get married, and you know, I I didn't really kind of sink in what was happening, so I actually handed these two little tickets over to Reed as I kind of dug a little deeper, and there was a 172 POH in there, and you know, it didn't really dawn on me what was happening, but the tickets that Haley had made up was actually, um, one was for a medical. She had kind of set up an appointment for my medical, and the other was for my biennial flight review. And so um, it, it didn't really hit me at first that she was kind of re-sparking the passion. And, you know, she knew me well enough that I had hung it up, but it was still a big part of my life, and it was something that needed to kind of be unearthed. So um, I'll be honest with you. At first, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, well, I thought I'd hung this up. You know, I thought this was a, you know, part of my past. And, and you know, I kind of decided not to go career with aviation. You know, I knew I'd have to go, you know, through uh, getting getting the loans, you know, getting to CFI, you know, all that. And then uh, and then the home life, obviously, you know, looking at potentially being an airline pilot. And, and as you've talked about on a lot of your shows, you know, you have to be clear about what you want as a goal. And for me, I didn't want to be gone um, as much as that lifestyle uh, led at least in my mind. So um, anyways, but, but getting back into it, what I realized was was that she wasn't just giving me a flight back. She was really giving me a key to unlock this passion again. And, you know, I guess like any match to some dry kindling that's been sitting there for a while, it just kind of erupted. Um, and getting back in the air, I mean, the, the first time I went flying again happened to be the same day that I got contacts for the first time ever. Um, so it was kind of like not only was it the the feeling of being back in the air again, but I could actually see really well, you know, I needed to get that done for a long time. So, um, <laughs> kind of a double, double bonus there. Um, wow. but so, so as I build this, the, the whole claviation, you know, claviation is kind of a, it's obviously a mix between clay and aviation. And that's been a nickname. I think big Reed gave me that nickname. I, I actually don't really recall when that first started, but, um, but I've kind of had that nickname for some time. Um, when claviation, kind of started as it is now, I was actually out running um, around the local pond we have here, this little dirt track we have. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times my greatest ideas, I think they, they come either on a run or in the shower. You know, it's like when you're doing something that's just mechanically uh, kind of autopilot and your brain, I guess, can just think. But, um, but I actually had an idea, and, and I actually can't go too far into this idea that I have. It's actually a component of the Claviation brand that's going to be um, released next year. I, I will talk about it some. Um, but, you know, I started talking it over with Big Reed and with some friends and, you know, I realized, okay, well, there, I've got, you know, I've got something here. And I started blogging. 
Um, you know, the blog is what's kind of available to everyone right now on my website. Um, and, you know, I've always loved just sharing aviation with others. Um, I never was too fond of being a teacher, but I found that I really like to teach. And what I really want to do is to teach aviation. Um, and that is, that's a big goal of mine is to be a flight instructor. And, and I don't know that I want to be, you know, full-time job flight instructor in a, in a perfect world. I'd have um, other things going on between the blog, between the podcast, between whatever else and teach, whether it's on the side, you know, I don't know. That's, but I just, I want to teach and I'll yap about aviation to anyone who will sit there and listen to me. And obviously it's a bonus if they'll absorb it and if they can learn from it. And I've just found that, you know, by helping others, by serving others, um, by teaching others, you know, it really helps me to get more out of it. Um, that I think that I'm giving them. So Wow, that's kind of how Claviation was born. Um, you know, I started the blog, and and ever since then, it's uh, it's just been a really fun ride. That's an awesome story. I tell you what, Clay, uh, we there's so much here that we we can need to back up on and talk about. But I, I tell you what, what you're doing first of all with the blog is a great thing. You have become that teacher already through this blog, which I think is really cool. You can tell you have that passion for flight and also the passion to teach others. And and I think one of the things that you said was incredibly important, and that's to serve other people. Uh, and, and that's why we do what we do. That's why we podcast. That's why we flight instruct, is that we want to serve other folks out there. And we want to serve our, our fellow aviators and people out there. But, but one thing that was kind of interesting in your whole story is the fact that we, we talk about what, do we, what can we do to get people back into aviation. And we just need more Haley's. We need more people like your wife, I think, uh, is, is really, really important uh, for people that actually ignite that fire to ignite that passion because sometimes it's burning inside of us. And we may not realize that it comes from those people that we would never expect it to come from. And for you... It was on a very incredibly important day in your life, and and you and like you said, you were kind of underwhelmed, and it was 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 hitting you. And and what what she saw is the fact that you had this passion, and and was able to foster that passion. And if anybody's listening right now knows somebody who who they think is into aviation or anything that you feel that they're passionate about, light that fire, ignite that fire under them, and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take you to a a rocket exhibit because you're so into rockets. Maybe you'll you know, spark a, ignite a fire that they'll get into aviation or aerospace, designing rockets, whatever it may be. But it, a lot of times it's it's important to listen to those people because sometimes we don't realize how much we're suppressing our passion for aviation. And, and, and you've done that and you've gone forward. Now, I noticed you talked about becoming a flight instructor and you, you don't know exactly where it's going, but that's that's really cool, isn't it? It's like part of the journey, is it not? It is, yes. And, you know, right now I'm actually working on studying for my uh, my basic ground instructor license. Um, you know, I'm hoping to do maybe a little ground school. I think more than anything, it's going to give me the skills um, to really feel confident um, about being able to teach others um, about aviation through my blogging and other outlets as well. Interesting, yeah. You know, another thing I'd like to talk about a little bit going back and, and getting into aviation uh, and the cost of aviation, it was, it's a much, it was much higher, wasn't it, the second time around? Um, yes, it was higher. <laughs> I was a little surprised by the by the rates. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't say it was cheap the first go around, but a seven-year gap, there's a lot that changed in that seven years. <laughs> I can imagine. It, you know, it felt like coming out of a cryogenic chamber. You know, I wake <laughs> up and 
and uh, and all of a sudden there's this awesome content. Technology just seems like it took huge uh, a huge boost in those seven years. I've got folks like yourself doing podcasts. Uh, you know, this is one of the first things that I came across and started listening to it driving down the road. I you know I didn't I couldn't consume content like that when I was flying before. It was all books primarily, and you know, and video and videos, uh, DVDs. You know, but there wasn't. I, I don't even know if there was Wi-Fi then. I you know this. I feel like I'm really old talking about this. Like, well, when I was your age, you know. Um, you know, I went back and forth to school with just an ADF needle, you know, in the snow right. both ways. So. <laughs> That's a great analogy. It's interesting that we did have certain technologies such as cassette tapes. If you remember, some people had audio updates on their cassette tapes, and, they, and I used to order those and listen to them in my car. And then when we got to CDs in the car, that was, like, awesome. And then we have this podcasting thing that is just just absolutely amazing because it really democratizes the whole process. We can all enjoy aviation through this, through podcasts, through blogs, and, and it really has left it open for some incredible talent like yourself. You know, one of, one of the things you mentioned is flying clubs, and it, it just it, it seems like you were able to get yourself into being a president of the club rather quickly. Um, I think, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, I think flying clubs are one of the ways that we can leverage that passion out there for aviation by getting more people involved, by allowing them to enjoy aviation at at a much lower price point. And it also is a great way to enjoy the the company of other aviators. What what do you think about flying clubs now, and, and what has your experience been as far as bringing people together? Well, I'm a I I'm a huge proponent of clubs. Um, you know, the Flying Club of UGA was something that, um, you know, we didn't own any airplanes. You know, we rented airplanes through the, uh, you know, but we got discounts. You know, through the flight through the local flight school, uh, like many flying clubs do. Now we had some other we would host some fly-ins with other uh, colleges. Georgia Tech, for instance, has a very good flying club. As much as a rivalry of the two schools, they are. Um, their flying club is is incredible, and we were very good friends with a lot of them. And uh, we had a flying club uh, or a fly-in rather down at Milledgeville, um, you know. And Tech brought several of their airplanes out, and we brought some of the ones we could come up with. And um, it was great, you know. We got together, talked aviation, um, you know, had cookout, had a cookout. We did some spot landing contests and things of that nature, um, you know, and, and went flying with each other, and it was a good thing. And I, I think, aside from even just the price um, break, I think there's a lot more you can get out of it. Um, if you want to talk about the economy of it, just having people to be plugged in with that you can go fly with, um, riding in the backseat of the training flight, I think is just so incredibly valuable. Um, I recently went on, just rode along on the backseat and, and it was on an instrument training flight. And I'll tell you, for situational awareness, I think I got more out of that than, than the pilot did. I didn't have to worry about flying it and worrying about everything that was going on. All I could do was absorb the approaches we were doing and be aware of, of where we were, what we were looking for, and where we're going, um, which was really good. But I, there is something about immersing yourself in a group of people, not only for accountability, but just to keep the passion burning. You know, it's like the coals that you gather together. They burn brighter. You, you separate a coal and it, and it goes out. Um, and, you know, so it, it's uh, – it's something that I encourage anyone to get involved in, whether it's a formal flying club or even just a you know a group of pilots that get together you know at the airport, have some cookouts. I mean, it doesn't. A lot of times in in the flying club at UGA, we we would invite um, speakers to come. We would have you know Delta pilots that would come and talk to us about this or that topic, and you know we go have cookouts and 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 you just whatever we could find to do together. But it just uh, it really just kept the passion going. You know, I'm curious about something though, and you're mentioning flying club and you mentioned college. 
And I, I don't think people realize this, but there are many flying clubs within other clubs. And I'll give you a good example. Um, I'm not sure if you were in the professional aviation track at, at Georgia, but uh, a lot of people can get involved in the, in the flying club, I'm sure, at Georgia, and don't have to be involved in aviation at all in the program. Is that correct? That's true. And actually, uh, at the time, there wasn't, I don't know that there is now, there there was no professional aviation track. I think the only class that was offered that was really in the realm was we had a, a doctor who would do an aviation meteorology class, you know, that any of us would really just be willing to not even sign up for and just go stand in the back of the room. I mean, it was just about, you know, trying to absorb that knowledge. But, you know, there there wasn't, I was, I was actually a saxophone performance major, you know, it was completely different um, kind of realm of study than uh, than aviation. But, um, but, you know, we were able to start a flying club uh, at a school that doesn't offer a flight program. So, you know, really, I, I, you know, I feel if you go through just like starting any other club, you know, you don't have to have airplanes or even a pl- program for somebody who really wants to share that passion. They could start their own. I- I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, I coached the flight team at Polk State. We didn't have an airplane till maybe about two weeks before the competition. We didn't physically have it till a few days prior. And you don't need the airplane to start a club. Also, one of the things I discovered just today is, you know, I, I hang around with a lot of people in, in boating, you know, at the yacht club, et cetera. And within that club, within uh, we have a St. Pete Yacht Club here. And within the sailing club and, and that actual location right there, there's a separate flying club. And they have their they have their own get-togethers, et cetera. And these are people that have a similar type of passion. It could be in golf, it could be you know in boating, whatever hobby you have. There are separate offshoots uh, of aviation, and you never know. You might have a local club. You just have to go out there and look, which is pretty pretty neat. Very much. Yeah, you know it's interesting though. Starting the flying club and. And ha- moving it forward, you must have a lot of experience. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that because you were the president of this flying club. How long were you the president, by the way? I was president for a year. For a year. So yeah. there, what are some of the challenges? If somebody is, is looking at getting involved and becoming uh, involved in any flight school, or excuse me, any uh, flying club, what are some of the challenges that they're going to they're gonna find when they start getting involved? And, and what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I think uh, I think first and foremost, you know, if if it is going to be if there's going to be a flying component of it, you obviously have to have a good relationship with your flying school. Um, and you know, sometimes that might just mean going and talking to the flying school. And and you know, I know for us, we actually on our flying club T-shirts, we advertise the flying school on the back of it. So it was kind of a trade-off. Um, to be honest with you, I, I think the hardest part of the whole gig was, uh, you know, we had a core group of people that would get together. And, and actually, what's really cool is that the Flying Club at UGA is still going. Um, it, it's it's still up there. Um, they're still going strong. I still get their emails, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, they just went to go see Sully all together last week and, and things like that. And they took a tour of the tower. And um, but But what's really hard is to get new people. You know, and, and you want to you wanna go and you want to spread the good word and you want to find more people. You know, there's that joke that how do you know if there's a pilot in the room? <laughs> and the answer is, well, he'll tell you. And, and, you know, a lot of times I know pilots can come across very cocky, but I think the reason that we all want to tell people that we're pilots is not for people to say, oh, wow, that's incredible. You're so smart. Any of that. It, it's not a, it, at least for me, it's not an ego thing. It's 
we can fly. You know, I mean, we've we've looked at birds. I mean, when you think about technology or you think about humanity and the span of how long humans have been here, if you draw that line out on a piece of paper and you look at how long these past hundred and change years have been here that we can actually go fly in the air on our own free will, it is just a, a grain of salt in the in the whole span of time. And it is, to me, just amazing. I'm just amazed every time. It's it's like if you woke up Abraham Lincoln and put a uh, put an iPhone 7 in his hand, you know, I mean, imagine how <laughs> just blown away, you know, you'd be at, at that kind of technology. And, and I think that's what I feel about flying is it's just, you know, I want to tell other people and, and there's people, you know, that are apprehensive about flying. And I understand that. I get it. There's, you know, it's, they're, they're, people have a fear and that's fine. But, you know, you, you just want to have everybody go like, why aren't you flying? Why aren't you taking a discovery flight? This is magical. You've got to get up there and see what this is about. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think I think it's definitely a challenge to get new people out there. We we did a lot of advertising. You know, we we came up with crazy ideas. Like, you know, we were looking at the regs on dropping things out of an airplane and exactly what the what the lines are on that, and not in a serious mode, but more in a joking mode. We were like, well, what if we could just drop little flyers out all over campus, you know, for flying club and um, you know these kind of things. Of course, we never did that. I don't condone that. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> But uh, but getting other people involved was was really challenging. I mean, aside from that, a lot of it was you know we'd we'd make T-shirts, we'd have cookouts, and and you know just get people together. And uh, and obviously most of us didn't have a ton of money to go flying all the time. So, but the social aspect is incredibly important. And uh, and and you know it's it's a big tent. You can invite anybody in. I know with most of the flying clubs I've been involved with, we invite non-members to come in and just enjoy the time and, and the camaraderie. And there's a lot of open events, etc. Just just come on by and listen and spend a few weeks with us. And and you may actually enjoy it. As a matter of fact, one of the cool things is AOPA has this big push uh, towards flying clubs and and getting those clubs started. And it really isn't as difficult as you think, especially when you have somebody there that'll hold your hand and and move you forward in that. So, you know, we have someone like Clay and and some other people on the show that have come on that that have been through the process. So if you really have, you know, that 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 burning desire to get involved. And I've mentioned flying clubs three times already today. Uh, and they all have said to me, wow, that's a great idea. I can go fly with other people. As a matter of fact, another thing, I don't know how what you feel, Clay or Tom, is I actually, I don't really like going up by myself unless i'm going to go you know like go upside down do loops and rolls and that kind of thing but if i'm up there just flying around i want to share that magical moment with somebody else flying over these beautiful islands incredible azure waters and watching the sun go down i want to share that with somebody else and bring them into my world and say to them listen this is this is amazing and you you too you can fly also and i think that's kind of what you're doing aren't you clay is is, is inspiring people to to follow their dreams and, and actually fly this is true i mean on an airline you know an empty seat goes unsold you can't refill it once it takes that flight um you know in the i'm in the hotel business as well in my day job and you know you can't you can't sell a hotel room that went on you know unoccupied for a night and the same thing goes I, i'm the same way i love to have somebody even if they're not a pilot whether they're a pilot or not somebody sitting in that right hand seat um you know there's something i think human about having another friend up there um but but like you said there you know, I think that is a wasted space if you just go, um, if you go solo, and, and at least don't try to invite somebody along if it's the kind of flight where you can. Right. And, and another thing I think that you should really push is the fact that there's a lot of ways that you can get out there and, and fly basically for free through, you know, all these 
different, you know, what would you call it, discovery flights or introductory flights. I think, I think those are really awesome. I don't, Tom, you, you actually have uh, your school. I'm assuming they're still doing the flight uh, discovery flights, are they not? Oh yeah, I do them regularly. I got three I'm going to do this weekend, and uh, I have people coming in all the time, and it's awesome. You know, and and sitting here listening to Clay, I mean, it's um, it, it's cool to hear the passion in your voice and and um, how you got into flying and how you got back into flying and and your story. I, I'm sitting here listening to it. It's so similar to mine. Um, I have the uh, the the want and the desire to serve others. You know, I enjoy teaching immensely. Uh, once I got my CFI, it's just been awesome to do that. Um, I too. Um, had my spouse's support. She was the one that bought me my originally discovery flight. And, um, when I got to the point where I got the bug and got bit, I told her, I says, I can't afford to do this. And she says, I know we can't do it anyway. And, and that was like one of the coolest things that, that pushed me and kept me going through this, you know? And, um, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening to all this and, and trying to foster that, um, enthusiasm, um, I try to impart that too on people who come in, you know, cause they do it too. Um, Carl and I live here on the west coast of Florida, and it's it is um, it's gorgeous when we go up and fly. We're over uh, barrier islands, and um, you know, there's pretty sun and and beaches, and and you get people up there, and they're just like, <gasps> you know, and and I love to see that in people, you know, to give them the controls for just a couple seconds, and you know, here, just can put it in a bank and fly us down the beach, and check that out down there, and they get out of the plane, and 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 you can see them twitching, they 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 want to get into this, and um, you know, I I want to be a part of fostering that as well. And uh, I'm real grateful to hear that in your voice as well. And, you know, Tom, something you mentioned, too, about the spousal support, you know, that's what I think really has been um, incredible for me is, you know, it is a commitment. It's a commitment of time. Obviously, uh, you know, Haley listens to me read every blog that I write because um, part of the way that I write is I want to write to new and aspiring pilots or maybe folks that are looking to refresh. You know, I want to kind of keep things at a somewhat simple level. Um, for people because I want to try to bring people into aviation with that. So she's not a pilot, although she's proven to be a great co-pilot in the airplane. Um, but, you know, if she's totally lost in what I'm saying, then I'll go back and revise that because I want to try to – I don't want to get too deep in the pilot jargon um, on the Claviation blog. And, uh, you know, there's, I know there's a lot of folks out there that want to fly, but they just don't have the support of their spouse, um, you know, and, and that's understandable. But it's also, uh, it's also you know, kind of a shame. It is, and you know, it's interesting. Just in relating my story, I I quit aviation and uh, for about three years. That was a span of my first marriage, and when I got out, I had so much support from the next person that that came along in my life. And and I'm sure like everybody that's listening right now can resonate with that, is they had somebody that supported them, said, "Hey, let's move forward." Like with you, Tom, having your wife saying, "Hey, listen, I you know you can do this. We can't afford it, but yeah, let's just go ahead and do it." Uh, I know you have this passion. Now you're actually making money doing it, and you're bringing money in. That's so cool. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it is. It's cool. You know, and um, my wife, she's she's not real crazy about flying. She won't. She doesn't even really want to get in the plane. So, um, you know, but she understands my passion and she she supports that. And um, you know, I I ended up stopping. I I worked in another career. I worked in another industry for a, a good amount of time, and uh, at, was able to um, take this passion. And I thought, yeah, I, I want to do this as a retirement job. But I'm unfortunately too young to retire. But I, I managed to figure out a way to do it. It's just doors kept opening. And as I met people through the industry, um, Carl here included, and, um, you know, just um, fostered that passion. And, and that's where that serving others comes back. So like doing the podcast and there's, there's other things that I do along with aviation to try to give back to this and to try to help um, foster that up. And, and you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of that in Clay's voice, like I said, and, and, and it's awesome stuff. 
And Tom, you're doing a, a great job with it, just bringing so many people in, and so is Clay. But one of the things that concerns me is the fact that I keep hearing people say that you know the the future of general aviation is bleak and i don't i personally don't feel that i'd like to hear everybody else's opinion too but i don't feel that because i'm with the youth and people are getting excited about aviation again and i think it's really important to get the youth involved because they have to actually make you know be convinced that it is magical and they can feel like it is magical and and feel like they can be in a safe environment and and, and express that to somebody and say hey listen i think Flying is magical, and, and you hear a lot of times, oh, anybody can do that, uh, but you know what? A lot of people don't. It is a challenge. It's a challenge, but it's also incredibly important, and I think I'm seeing a turn in the industry, and I'd like to hear what, what Clay and also Tom has to say here about the youth and why it's so important, Clay, for the youth to become involved in aviation. Uh, sure. Well, you know, I, I mentioned this kind of idea that I had running around the pond, and um, you know, one of my blogs, it's called uh, A Pilot is Born, is actually the story of taking my son flying for the first time. Um, and he was, uh, you know, he's seven. So he was seven when I took him flying for the first time. And I was a little bit concerned about it. I was worried. He's not the kind of kid. He's, he's a smart kid, bright kid. He's incredible. He's not the kind of kid that wants to hop on a roller coaster, though, and, and just go crazy. He doesn't jump in the fray. He's not a thrill seeker. And I haven't ever been either. So, you know, I'm driving out to the airport and I'm thinking, you know, gosh, is he going to freak out? You know, is, are we going to, you know, are we, are we going to get right above the ground and, and, you know, have to shut this thing down? Um, but he was a champ and it was just incredible. And so as I uh, have flown with him more and kind of helped develop his love for aviation just through me being in a total aviation nerd, um, you know, I've really kind of had a lot of thoughts about, you know, he, I think, is the prime age, you know, from there until, you know, give it the next few years. You know, what kid is not just fascinated by flight? I mean, it seems like every kid's got a toy airplane. Um, you know, I think in early childhood, aviation is is almost instilled, you know, just in the market and in the, in the toys that we have. And I think that in a lot of times, there's something as they grow older and get into their teen years that makes perhaps aviation a little less attainable and other things more attainable. And my whole goal with Clavation, the the this it's a youth pilot component um, that I have that'll be coming online um, in the near future is is really some resources to get kids um, that are you know seven to you know kind of going into their teen years to make aviation really attainable for them. And you know there's there's programs like uh, you know the Young Eagles out there that do a fantastic job of um, you know, getting kids up in the cockpit because that's what it's about. Just like a discovery flight, it's it, you know, it's 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 flying is a is a drug. You just you get them in the air and they're going to love it and they're going to be addicted to it. Um, and I you know I think that general aviation has a bright future. I think specifically with the technology that's coming online is incredible. It's been really cool to get back in and um, you know now that I've flown, I'm a big proponent of learning to fly the old fashioned way with paper charts and. Um, not, you know, a six pack, not a glass panel, you know, I, others will train other ways. That's fine. I'm a proponent of training the old fashioned way. And then once you've done that, graduate to the iPad, graduate to four flight, be able to use that as a, as a way of enhancing situational awareness after the fact. But, um, just seeing the technology that's coming online, I think, I think is really going to help, um, in a lot of ways. And, um, 
I think it's just going to be a little bit more attainable. There are some folks that kind of go after kicking off the rust of, of, of rusty pilots and pilots haven't flown in a while. And there are some that just go pilots fresh off the streets. But you know, I really think that if we can if we can capture our youth a little bit more, we can really grow that pilot population. Yeah, I agree. I wonder, Tom, you're really involved in the training environment right now. Uh, age-wise, have you been seeing younger folks come in the door? Sure. And as, as uh, Clay was talking here, I was just thinking the exact same thing is, uh, you know, I've, I've got both um, new pilots. I have a, I have one student. He's um, he's 15. He's not even old enough to solo yet. And, and yet he's already chunk, chunking away at it, looking to get to his 16th birthday and, and wants to be ready to go on his 17th birthday. You know, and he got the bug early. And, and um, you know, he's he's got a family that's supportive of him and, and, and brings him around to go do that, um, you know, Teaching children to, fl- or, or teaching somebody that age to fly, is um, is a little different than somebody um, who may be a little bit more mature and, and might have different motivations. But it's still workable, and and um, you know I can see that he's got the passion and the fire in his eye, and he's moving along with it. And I also have a bunch of rusty pilots. I heard that mentioned too. I have lots of people who fall in the same categories, and I've heard both of you guys also, you know, say that you, you got out of it for a while. I did the same thing. I had to step away from it for a while, and then got back into it again. And it's completely possible, you know. Um, and I like to see that passion as well. People coming in um, saying, yeah, I used to do this and I'd really love to get back into it again, but I'm not sure I can. And, and, and I tell them, yes, you can. And, and it's going to take a little work and you're going to have to buckle down and do some things, but, but you can do it. And I've watched them, you know, re, um, you know, get their flight reviews in order and get back out there and get flying again. And they're just loving it. So um, there's all sorts of different um, um, age limits and also um, goals that people have to get into this. I mean, quite honestly, there's a lot of people who want to do it just recreationally. They, they, they really don't have any aspirations to go all the way through and fly for the airlines. And yet there's still a lot of people that have that passion as well. They, they see it and that's what they want and, and that's what they're going for. You know, I'm glad you, you brought that up, Tom, because this weekend I was visiting uh, with Tango Flight, which is an organization that is involved in building an airplane within the high school. And some of those people want to fly, some want to become engineers, some have, want nothing to do with airplanes, but they want to understand the technologies to move forward in other career paths. But there's so many cool things out there that are that are happening where youth are actually building planes and getting inspired by aviation, and, and they're going into various careers where they can use those skills and also the confidence that is built by saying, hey, listen, I actually built this airplane and i thought that was really really cool that they've done that by the way i should have shouted that out uh we'll put in the show notes it's tango flight it's in georgetown uh texas they gave me a tour of their facility there. just awesome what the kids are doing out there and i'm sure there's there's those organizations all around that are doing that and uh you know another one's called uh, eagle's nest projects etc but uh they one of the things that's really interesting is the fact that i actually was able to see a 3d printer for the first time in my life, actually, hate to admit this, but first time I've ever seen a 3D printer up close, and that was these young people showing me that 3D printer. And what's amazing is the fact that they have this technology, they understand it, and they're able to explain it to people like myself. And I think that the youth have embraced technology uh, much more than than we have. Uh, I, I don't know what you think, Tom. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know, it's it, as as I watch 
Um, the pieces, even the the pieces of equipment that I'm getting to fly in general aviation, which has mostly been, uh, you know, Cessas and Pipers, um, I had the opportunity today to, to go to the very cutting edge of it. So um, I got to um, go with another pilot today on a flight in a, uh, um, our school has a brand new uh, 2016 SR-22 GTX, and um, this thing is my God, is it beautiful. And uh, But it, it's just loaded with the technology. I mean, sitting in this aircraft, it's fast, it's sleek, it, um, and it has all the bells and whistles. I mean, you sit there and push little buttons, and you got plenty of room in front of you. And, and the way that they're gearing technology towards that end is, is just it's, – it just blows your mind, you know. And, and it, while it's technical and, and you really got to go in there, it's almost got the little video game appeal to it. It also still it's, – it's very intuitive and very easy to get to it. And, I mean, the thing flies really nice and – um, it, it's it's amazing to see that manufacturers are going along with the technology too to keep up with what the youth want and that and that's what they're after you know and I see very training um, videos and things like that and you can see what they're gravitating towards um, to to get that knowledge and to get to that end. You know what's totally cool and I, and I think Clay actually would agree with this is the fact that when I talk to some of these younger folks and I saw this happen at the high school uh, at Eastview High School in in Georgetown Texas. Uh, I would ask somebody something, and someone would pull out a device, you know, a smartphone, a tablet, whatever. And within, gosh, maybe a minute, they're pulling up a video showing me something uh, about the thing that we were just talking about, whether it's a, an instrument panel that they were designing or uh, showing a flight in an airplane that was actually designed. I think that is, like, totally cool that they can do that. We never had that facilities. And I, I like, Clay, what you just said. It's good to, to get back to some of the basics and learning the six-pack before you get involved in some of the, in the technology. Some of us don't have that opportunity because everything is glass. But I think it's really, really important to understand what, what, what came before, like using an E6B. I mean, Clay, do you know how to use an E6B? I do actually. I um. I actually one of my recent blogs is how to use a manual E6B, and I went through some of the the basic things. Um, I still use it when I fly, even with full four flight up. If, if for me, if you know, if you've got your, uh, you know, when you've got your little rate needle there on your ground speed, um, it's you're making little minor adjustments as you're flying on a cross country, for instance. I think there are still a huge benefits of using an E6B, just you know, akin to the fact that sometimes versus pulling out your phone or an iPad, a notebook is just the best way to go. And I think the same thing applies. Sometimes that E6B is really helpful. And you know what you said about the glass cockpits, I think actually is a good thing for aviation because um, you know, much like computers of the days of old, you know, programmers and still do in a lot of senses, but programmers will just look at code and you look at these screens and it looks like the matrix, you know, it's just, a, it's like a, it's like a DOS prompt screen and you're just typing in a whole bunch of code and there's not all that much appealing to it. But computers nowadays are very user friendly. You know, a lot of them are even touch screens. And the same thing I think translates over to, to aviation because, you know, in the days of old, when you see, the, you know, an old airliner, for instance, there is a billion gauges in there. And you look at that and you go, how could you ever learn what all of those things do? And, uh, you know, and nowadays, some of these airplanes that are coming out, especially with the FADEX systems, um, you know, they've got a glass a glass uh, cockpit and a, and a FADEX. And it's almost like, wow, there's really not much to it because all the information is wrapped up into one kind of intelligent um, display. And I think there's a lot more of that let me try that factor um, that plays in there. So, you know, while I love uh, the fact of training the old-fashioned way on, on six-packs, you know, there's going to be a time where, you know, we don't – maybe there's going to be a time that we don't even train on VORs. I don't know. You know, we, a lot of NDBs are going out of um, – are phasing out now. And so, you know, that technology is kind of, you know, on the downslide. But 
um, you know, I think eventually it's going to allow a lot more folks to say, you know what, that's kind of attainable. I think I can hop in and try that. And it's like a video game. And to see Reed, my seven-year-old, play Flight Simulator, I mean, we, we love to play Flight Simulator at home. I think it's such a great outlet, and there's some great things, um, you know, in Flight Simulator. Um, but to see, you know, him as a seven-year-old, you know, you know, throttle up and, and take off and fly around and, um, you know, and, and he'll come in and land it and, you know, and he knows what to look for pretty well. And I'll coach him through it and I'll say, hey, is your power all the way out? Yeah, it's out, Dad. You have some flaps in? Yeah, Dad, flaps are down. You know, and, you know, just some of those basics. But, you know, that's really going to translate later on if he decides to get in the cockpit. Of course, I'll never force him, you know, to learn to fly. But, um, you know, assuming he wants to learn to fly, I think that kind of thing is going to translate very well. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I love getting people up in the cockpit, especially at work, uh, where I, I fly an Airbus at work, and it's all that automated glass, everything. And and instead of like a yoke, we use a side stick, and it's just like a video game. And it's amazing to watch the youth get up there, and I'll tell them it's just like a video game. Here, you move the airplane this way, and here's the this is called the thrust, and you push it forward to go fast and back to go slow. We turn all the lights on and. Man, a, a couple minutes, they're all—they're really comfortable, and they're sitting there ready to fly. It's like, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm getting out. You go ahead and fly this to our destination. And and they just beam when you say that. It's like, really? I was like, well, actually, no, they won't let me do that. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you some wings, and you can be a, a you know, co-pilot in the back for us and come back up and take a picture later. And that's what we need to do. We need to get more people, no matter what plane we fly, to get these kids in the seat and say, hey, look at this technology and, and look at but, – but also – it make them enjoy the old technologies and 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 understand it because that's what our roots are. You, you going back to the E6B, the one cool thing about it is it doesn't run out of batteries at all ever uh, because it can't. And I remember when I was young and first starting out in school, we actually bought slide rules in school, and I still have the slide rule, and it never actually broke because it was a simple device. And even on our flight team at the college, we use E6B. So, so the, the point is that you're going to use some of this older technology. And when things fail, it's a great thing to be able to pull out and use. I'd, I'd like to challenge those listening right now. If you haven't looked at an E6B, a manual E6B, that is not the computerized one, to go ahead and check it out and, and play with it and, and try to decide what those little funny numbers do. And, and realize also there's a lot more things you can do with it than you think. Uh, so that's my challenge to you, to, to go out there and check out your E6B. Uh, and I know, oh, and another thing, by the way, go to Clay's Clay Aviation and check out how to use that E6B on, on his website there because that's a, that's a really cool blog post. I really like that one. Um, and, Tom, are you still using the manual E6B when you're teaching your students or no? Oh, absolutely. And I keep one in my flight bag, and I have one right here on my desk. The second you said it, I reached right over here and picked it up, and I've been dialing it as you've been talking. I don't. I don't know why I like the thing. I just do. It's it's um it's it's simple to use. You know, once you once you figure out the premise of the thing, it's easy to use. And you're right. I do it as a. I, I try to do calculations on it, just sitting still when I'm talking on the phone or, um, you know, just thinking other things at my desk. And what it does, it makes me more likely to use it in the cockpit. So every now and then, I'll just I'll be on a cross country and flying along, and and I'll pull it out and go, okay, you know, I know what my winds are. And I know what this is, and let's try to figure out a ground speed. Okay, we got a ground speed. Now let's figure out how much farther we got to go. Yeah, the, here I am on the map, and how long is it going to take me to get there? And you can figure all that stuff out just manually like that. And when you get better at spinning this thing around, it comes actually pretty quickly. But um, as far as teaching students, yes, we're still required to teach students how to use a manual E6B um, to, to do their flight planning. Because uh, if they can do that on the manual stuff, it makes them more likely to understand what um, – 
reality is. And reality is once they get their certificate, they're going to pull out for flight or Garmin pilot or something. And they're going to go, I'm coming from here. I'm going to there and they're going to hit a button. They're going to get all their information. You know, I, I tell you, this has been awesome talking to Clay, and I just realized, man, we, we've been talking here for, for quite some time. We're also almost coming to the end of the program, uh, but we don't want to miss out on a couple other topics. And, and, and Clay, we would love to have you back here sometime because there are so many other things we'd like to talk about with you. Um, but one of the things I'd like to know, and, and I'm sure that the listeners want to know, is you know, what are you, what are you doing now? What's, what's next? What are you going to try to do? What's your next goal what are you going to attain and what are you going to do in, in your future in aviation? Uh, well, I mentioned earlier I'm studying for my ground instructor license. And so that's uh, that's kind of what I want to see on the near future is to go ahead and get that done. That's, I think, going to give me a lot more robust understanding of the basic private pilot curriculum. Um, and then be able to go out there and really teach it to other folks. Um, and then as I build time, um, you know, I, I want to build time doing, um, I want to finish my instrument rating. That's, uh, I've actually got the, everything set up to do that. Um, but, you know, I want to build time in a way that's fun too. You know, for instance, my, my wife's birthday um, this past year in March, we, you know, she, uh, she's a Clemson grad and um, we, I flew her up to Clemson and we went and ate it, at, uh, you know, grabbed a burger at the place where she used to work when she was in college up there. And, um, you know, that was a really fun trip, um, to take. And we just recently flew up to Nashville to surprise her mom for, uh, for her mom's birthday. And, um, you know, that was also a really fun trip. So I, I like to put some utility in flying and that's kind of what I want to do as I build my time. I just want to go and, and, you know, fly to fly. And, and I really want to make the most out of every hour. Um, I, you know, I just, uh, kind of a fun little facet. I just, uh, just got a drone this week. I got a new Phantom four and, cool. um, you know, for me, I, I think that's a really good, you know, my son's had a hobby drone for some time now. And, um, you know, obviously drones are a whole nother topic, a whole nother episode. I get that. But, um, but you know, I'm going to start doing some, uh, some, some drone work in the area, some real estate aerials and some farm flyovers and crop analysis and things of that nature. Um, so that's been really fun to get into as well. Um, and then I mentioned also the youth pilot component. And that's, that's really I think, a huge component of collaboration. Um, is to bring this youth pilot component online and really what it is, it's going to be something that's going to make, um, it's going to make aviation so much more attainable for, for kids. So, you know, pilots with kids are really going to want to look out for it. Um, pilots, especially who fly with their kids. Um, cause I've got some really cool stuff coming online with that, um, as well. Cool. And, uh, and a podcast, you know, how, how can I forget the podcast? I mean, I, I, uh, there will be a Claviation podcast a little in a little bit more of the distant future. Um, Carl, you'll be on my show. Tom, you'll be there. It, it'll be just like this, but um, but but uh, but I'll be hosting. That's the that's the goal at least. So awesome. look forward to that. Awesome. Well, we look forward to that. We definitely want to want to have you back on our show too, because there's a lot of the things we didn't really get to cover here, especially based on some of your blog posts. And I think there are some great articles. We'd love to have you back uh, to discuss those things if we if you don't mind in the future. I'd love to be back. Yeah, you let me know when. Awesome. I have awesome. a re- I have a request though. Next time he needs to bring his own mic instead of tackle me for mine. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. And, uh, and you guys, you can bill me for that door hinge. Yeah. That I oh wrote my down gosh. Yeah. Hands. It's it's my you know my cats actually were kind of scared here, so I have to you, get them. You know, you got great there. passion for aviation, but you're such a brute. <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes I can't control myself. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, we like to see people with that kind of passion, especially in aviation. Well, Clay, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, this has been terrific. I think. Uh, especially, and a big shout out to your wife for for doing what what she did and getting you back in aviation because it, it truly is a gift 
uh, getting someone like yourself back into aviation and and showing that passion and passing it along to us. I think that's that's absolutely terrific. Um, you know, it, it's what one of the things that's always great about having people like yourself uh, in a room talking about aviation is is what happens is we get inspired to do something else and actually that's something I'm going to do right after this is is jump up and do something that I've been wanting to do uh, with with my aviation and, and you've inspired me to move forward and and uh, and get that done. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking of drones, which we're going to have a whole another, we'll, we'll talk another episode about drones and where we've gone. I forgot to mention that in the in the announcements. I just got my uh, small SUAS uh, drone pilot certificate uh, the other day. I had to sign off while I was over at uh, Georgetown Airport, hanging around with the commemorative Air Force folks and uh, and also uh, the people over there uh, at the flight school. And one of the instructors uh, actually was able to to look at everything get the paperwork done the IACRA online and uh and i actually got the certificate the temporary certificate so now i'm ready to go fly drones with you clay so i can't wait to do that let's do uh, it awesome awesome well tom again tom thanks for being here and uh, we appreciate what you're doing out there and and moving people forward in their aviation careers and in aviation in general hey if you are uh, listening right now and you have a comment and you want to write into us Please do that. Contact at stuckmikeavcast.com. Also, please visit our sponsors that make this podcast a, an opportunity for you to learn more about aviation. If you know somebody that's interested in aviation as a career or wants to get some free flight time in an airplane through a scholarship program, not necessarily going into aviation as a career, but they want some free flight time, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com. They have the largest directory of scholarships online. Also, our other sponsor of this is expertaviator.com and uh, also the Advanced Hold patterns video if you could check that out another thing i'd like you to do is check out our website stuckmikeavcast.com on the right side uh, and help support the flight team they uh, they're doing a really good job getting ready for the regionals that's the polk state flight team help us uh, move forward also all the things that we mentioned in this podcast it'll be online you can actually listen to this podcast while you're viewing everything and all those links so i i encourage you get out your ipad your your iphone uh, any other device that you have, your laptop, and listen to us online. And while you're doing that, you can actually click on all the links that we have here. We have some videos. I know Clay has some videos, too. We're going to include those in, in the show notes as a teaser to, to see if you'll go out there and check it out. I'd really like you to, to get to see what we're doing and what we're doing different and also what Clay's doing. Well, folks, we really appreciate you listening today. And, again, that's contact at stuckmycavcast.com. We want to hear from you. We'll talk to you next episode. And safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.